Welcome, my name is Papako Baden and this is the In Our Hands podcast. Sunlight is the best disinfectant. The moment the light shines in a part of your supply chain where really you have no control or no idea what you're doing, you can see the problems around them and want to do something about, about those problems. Actually, so you can, can have see a different degree of knowledge and ownership per network. The maximum People degree are happy to recycle because at the end of the day, it doesn't make too much difference to put your waste in the bin or the other. Are, are people willing to consume significantly less meat? Is the fact that authenticity is key. I just added, I agree entirely with that. That's actually a very, a very sophisticated response. <laughs> um, it was okay. perfectly timed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> In today's episode, I'll be interviewing Caroline Stevenson, Nicholas Menard, and Andre Brasser on impacting society, behavior, and the bottom line. I appreciate the two. Very good questions. Excellent. Well, thank you. And thank you for organizing this podcast. Fantastic. Thank you very, very much. Thanks once again for joining me to talk a little bit about sustainability. So for the sake of recording, would you guys mind doing like a one minute intro? Caroline, can you go first? Yeah. Ladies sure first, <laughs> um, so my name is Caroline Stevenson. I'm the founder of an organization called Foodinate, uh, which is a social enterprise teaming up with restaurants and events companies to tackle food poverty in local communities across the UK. Um, so essentially, it's really simple. It's pretty much like a meal for meal program so that every Foodinate branded meal enjoyed in a restaurant or at an event, we ensure a meal is provided for a person in need in the same community. Thanks, Caroline. Nico, could you go next? Please. Sure. Um, my name is Nico Munar. Uh, I'm the chief exec of an NGO called um, Farm Africa. We are based in London, but operating in, uh, in East Africa. And we're basically an, uh, an agriculture and environmental specialist. Uh, we work in four geographies, um, Ethiopia, five, sorry, um, Ethiopia, Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, and uh, DR Congo. And we're basically um, supporting um, uh, farmers, border farmers, agribusinesses, uh, government, uh, to grow more food, basically, either for uh, food security or for, for export sometimes, uh, but basically with, a, with an objective of, uh, of poverty reduction. Um, so, yeah, we're covering uh, everything from cash crops to uh, staples. So we work on, on maize, on rice, uh, on livestock, on coffee, on cocoa, uh, on fruit and veg, uh, but mostly with more of the farmers in, in East Africa. Cool. Um, Andre, could you, could you give us your intro, please? I'm Andre Brasser. I'm the founder of the organization called The Garage in Haarlem. That's Stadsgarage in real Dutch. And our work is focused on the, around the slogan from social issue to social enterprise. So what we do is that we support social enterprises who find business solutions for social problems and make them more, uh, uh, make them grow and make them more successful and innovative. And amongst the uh, enterprises we support in cooperation with local partners, there are a lot of uh, food-based enterprises uh, working, for example, with restaurants, uh, promoting the recirculation of food and the reintegration of people with a distance of the labor market. Thank you. Let me try and roll in with the first question then. First question, what impact do you think people are hoping to achieve by uh, donating or investing 
uh, in the work that you do? With Food and Eat, there's sort of two audiences because there's the restaurant owners um, and kind of events venue owners side of things and they have kind of their reasons for getting involved. But there's also the people who go out to eat in those restaurants who are choosing to order something marked on the menu as Food and Eat over something on the menu not marked as Food and Eat um, who are also kind of making that choice to engage with the programme. Um, so I kind of say from the consumer perspective, it's about... Um, making a tangible difference and making a difference in their own community because you know I really do believe that people can see the problems around them and want to do something about about those problems they can see but they just don't necessarily know exactly how to go about that I think quite often you know people especially like in the cities and stuff they're they're busy they've got places to be they've they're probably in you know working too long of a day themselves yeah. and maybe jobs yeah. they don't enjoy that much themselves they're really busy they might not be living in the best living conditions themselves and they don't necessarily feel like they have the time money or the mental capacity or mental space to make a difference um to the problems they can see around them so it's about making that easy for them and saying well just go out to eat as you normally would enjoy an experience with your loved ones and you're not you're not just sort of doing something you're actually providing a whole meal for someone in need and not just that but it's around the corner from you i think too often and it's such a shame i think a lot of like consumer facing charitable initiatives can sometimes just be a little bit vague in terms of the impact that's actually having um so just by making it, it clear i think that's a big thing that draws consumers to take part in the program um and from a business perspective um you know it's about having those those meaningful conversations with their customers the positive conversations with their customers and um, the ones that will be memorable and keep people coming back and build that loyalty at the same time as making a difference in their own community. Um, so there's lots of different parts to it from a business perspective, but I feel like I'm rambling now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see consumers as, as your main audience? Uh, there, there's two. So, I mean, restaurants and venues are the people who directly engage with Food and Eat because they obviously agree to sign their business up to the program and agree to mark things on their menu as Food and Eat or agree to Food and Eat the events that they hold in their venue. So without them, there wouldn't be any impact. But at the same time, it's also about bringing consumers through the door of those restaurants to actually yeah. make that choice on the menu or to make the choice to book their event at that venue instead of a different one. Um, so there's sort of the two different audiences, which are like equally important. Yeah, I do recognize that. This is Andre from the, the garage, because here uh, in our situation, we don't communicate directly with the end consumer, you can say, but we have yeah. three main audiences. Our, our impact, which was the question, is to yeah, make a better city, and which can be translated into less waste or a more uptake of sustainable energy. Mm -hmm. And the organizations we work with are social, our business, social business, and governments, local governments, and also financial institutions. Because what we encounter here is that a lot of propositions which are developed by social business are just not bankable enough for funds and banks. And in our programs, we help them to become more uh, investment ready. Mm. and which uh, serves a need of uh, uh, financial institutes who have a desire to invest more in societal projects but don't have a real a good 
supply of these kind of projects and we help to increase that supply. So in a way, you can say we have three types of audience helping to create that impact. Mm. So uh, uh, the business, the, the, the governmental institutions who have a kind of target to improve specific aspects of livelihood in the city. And then uh, in, the, in, uh, in the third in line, the financial institutes. Wow, nice. Great. Uh, well, uh, as far as we're concerned, many, um, mainly three type of impact. Um, so, I mean, our audience is mainly the, uh, the smaller farmers we work with in, in, in East Africa. So first impact is around uh, production. So basically growing more food. Uh, growing more food can be either for uh, their own consumption uh, with a, a clear purpose of food security or to generate cash uh, for uh, some, some, some of their cash needs. Um, so uh, selling these crops to, uh, to, to the market. So yeah, basically growing more and that's, uh, that's, very, that's very technical. So that's links to a, a whole range of different crops. So a lot of work on, uh, on seed system, a lot of work on inputs, a lot of work on, uh, on, on technology and techniques on soil management. Uh, second impact is um, um, probably selling at a better price. Uh, so there's a whole component of what we do that we call a market engagement, which is basically linking uh, farmers with, um, uh, with buyers and with the market. And that market can be either extremely local uh, in the village or can be regional or can be export market. So we do everything from uh, linking kind of sorghum farmers in eastern Kenya to a brewery in Kenya to uh, basically bringing forest coffee uh, from Ethiopia to um, the U.S. specialty coffee market. And the third impact for us is um, trying to do that um, without any negative impact uh, on, on the environment. So the, the, the third impact is conservation. And that's very much around kind of managing the, the tension or the balance between conservation and, and agriculture. Because basically the, the, the natural way of growing more uh, historically is you just, uh, you just cut the forest and you turn that into a, um, a agricultural land. Uh, mm. So we, we, try to, we try to manage conservation jointly with an objective of, um, of growing more and, uh, and selling at a better price. It sounds like all of you need to manage multiple stakeholders. So it's managing the multiple impacts on, on, on all of them. I just find it an interesting relationship that that's kind of what's going on with all of you. No, but just to react briefly on that, I think what interests me uh, in, in you also choosing the theme of, of sustainability is that for me, there is a notion of, of managing tension. So at least in, in a lot of what we're doing, uh, we're, we're managing very sometimes opposite interests between different mm -hmm. stakeholders. And a lot of, Sometimes people have that kind of very idealistic uh, vision mm. of sustainability as something smooth and, uh, and very harmonious. Um, mm. I usually portray that as something <laughs> very chaotic and conflictual. Mm. Um, and I describe very much what we do as uh, reconciling tensions. Some of the work that uh, when I met uh, Andre, that he was talking about these uh, landscapes approach, uh, looking at where things are sourced and how people are treating, you know, like resource pools. It's, it seems like city living, as Caroline was describing, these people who are just busy, they're just constantly busy. It seems like city living, their lives are always requiring more or needing more or consuming more. And it sounds like 
some of the work some of you do uh, is offsetting hey Caroline some of the local impacts of, of city life it seems like homelessness is quite widespread if you travel wide and far you'll see but um, yeah. almost uh, it's almost ubiquitous now but um, yeah. and I'm actually working with another uh, university professor to kind of look in and study whether homelessness is part of a city design whether it's like a natural consequence of how cities are designed right now it's it's, mm-hmm. it's part and parcel so that's going to be interesting i can pass that around once we've done some homework and scratching our heads what's been your experience of connecting businesses to your cause it's tricky <laughs> it's tricky to start to start with especially um for me i find that the hardest part is just getting in front of the right person um with food because i mean there's there's charitable initiatives out there working within the hospitality industry already um but they are doing things in quite a traditional way and um, quite often they will involve um adding something to the customer's bill whether it's adding it to that meal or adding just adding a pound onto the bill and ask the customer has to ask to have it taken off if they don't want it there um which you know for the most part people that i speak to about that that's quite awkward <laughs> um it's awkward for the customer like if you imagine if you're on a hot date <laughs> and you know someone's added a pound to the bill you're not going to ask to have it taken off but then you haven't asked to put it on there so it's that weird sort of like you've made that decision on my behalf that i'm now doing this and i don't really know where it's going or what it's doing and there's an awkward interaction there between the staff and the customer and a lot of staff tell me as well that people tip less because people feel like they've already given extra so food and is about um actually asking the venues to absorb the cost of um the initiative within their own margins which is obviously from the outset sounds like a big ask um but for that there's a lot of kind of commercial advantages so really it's about just asking businesses to look at giving differently um, and looking at how it can actually work for them at the same time so they can do good without it being at the detriment of their own business objectives um, kind of for, for instance because it's doing something that's significant and meaningful and local and all that stuff and at no extra cost to you you're way more likely to make that choice to order that item on the menu so they can sell more of the things that they want to sell more of whether that's things they have surplus of or kind of tailor around around that sort of things also as i mentioned before with regards to boosting customer loyalty but also staff morale it's a great thing for i mean employee turnover rates in the hospitality industry are so high it's hard for places to hold on to good staff so to say to staff hey like just by coming to work and doing your day-to-day job you are making this tangible difference in your own community that's a really powerful thing too so for me i really find that it's just about getting in the door to start with once someone's listening then getting them to connect to the cause is generally quite successful it just depends on how kind of set in their ways they are <laughs> and whether they're able to kind of like twist their perspective a little bit and be open to the idea of doing something differently um, but once I get in front of the right people, generally, generally it's not so bad. It's just getting there can be a nightmare. <laughs> Look, as far as we're concerned, uh, yeah, we engage with uh, with businesses on a daily basis, mainly on the um, mainly on the program side. So um, because we're we're managing agricultural program or environmental program, we do that sometimes um, in direct connection with uh, with big food industry. So either big UK retailer or or big international food company experience. Um, Mixed feelings. There is definitely uh, a willingness of the private sector to engage on, on this question of sustainability. But I think, generally speaking, 
there's still a massive disconnection between what they want to achieve in terms of sustainability strategy and what their core business means and what their core business model is. And to come back on that notion of tension, they, I don't think they're extremely good at, at managing that. And they, they struggle a bit uh, to really embed sustainability into their business model. So yeah, when, when, we, when we are reaching that stage where you need quite fundamental systemic change in order for the sustainability strategy to be uh, fully embedded into their business model, I think it's difficult. Yeah. And, and, and this, yeah, mainly the, the second difficulty that we have is also that, and I, I, I'm sure they would hate me for, for saying that, but um, they usually think they know development, but they don't. Uh, and they don't always recognize or acknowledge that actually development is a, is a job in itself. That acknowledgement of, of ignorance for me is almost the precondition to, to move forward. And that's not always uh, an acknowledgement that the, the, the private sector is happy to make. Well, I do, do recognize what you say, because uh, we're working with say, mainstream business and with social business, which in a sense is has started because of a social uh, because of making impact so to say so that's a complete different business model and what we recognize is that within the social business firms we're working with they're struggling to become better in business skills like doing their marketing doing their finance and all these regular business skills, whereas we, where we work with mainstream business, it's exactly the other way around, as you described, because they're not developed to create impact in the first place. They're making uh, finance, profit in the first place, but they do have somewhere in the organization also a target to become more environmental friendly, societal aware, sustainable, how you call it. And then you have a complete different discussion. And what we, uh, one of the things we try to do is to, to connect them. So uh, our social business, like, uh, f- for example, we, w- we work with a, a seaweed firm in the Netherlands, uh, in the harbor uh, of Amsterdam. And they uh, collect uh, seaweed from the sea which is environmental, not friendly element of the sea. It's not plastic soup, but it's not, it should not be there. So they solve a kind of uh, help contribute to solving an environmental problem. And they were really struggling to, uh, to build a business model. So they, when, they, when they started work with us, they, they had no, no plan, they had no product. And we uh, connected them with... Uh, with a coach, uh, which uh, connected them again to other businesses working in the same sector. And after a year, they managed then to, to have a plan and to solve their legal issues, their uh, HR uh, problems, and to, be, to have a place which they didn't have in the first place. And now, uh, just like last month, you can... Uh, by when you're visiting uh, Holland uh, and go to the beach, you can buy their beer because they have seaweed beer. And if you then go to the toilet, you can wash your hands with seaweed soap. 
So that's uh, an, an, an development which uh, results in very concrete outcomes and which um, could, could work because they have a kind of impact first model, but they were supported by businesses who worked the other way around. And uh, that's also what we want to try to achieve with more uh, mainstream business as a tool to, to overcome this, uh, this, this well-known issue that in words, there's a lot of uh, this, uh, talks about sustainability, but the business is about something else. And so that's what, uh, how we uh, work with, with business. Interesting to hear you describing that uh, social business as, as a business whose starting point would be the, uh, the social mission. Because like for, for also having managed a, a social business myself in France, I've always struggled exactly with, with that, where the business model comes always as a, as a second thought of a social, yeah, yeah, social business. Yeah. And then a lot of social business are actually struggling with their business model afterwards yeah. without yeah. really having yeah. thought through that. They're more social than business and the other way around. Yeah. Just, if you manage to, to, to match that, then yeah, you, you make a, a major step. Like the ideal would, in my mind is to have almost like what I think of as a double bottom line where you've got the social bottom line and the kind of commercial monetary being able to be self-sustainable bottom line as well. Because um, without one you, or without that, you can't really have the impact long term unless you're totally reliant on donations or external funders. Um, but yeah, no, for sure. Like if you're focusing entirely on social impact, then it's going to be a, an uphill battle. Definitely. Um, there was this, I forgot which um, Bank of England governor said, I think it was Mark Carney or someone who was saying um, profits are to business. What breathing is to life. It's like you can't live if you don't breathe, but, if I asked you what your purpose in life is, you wouldn't tell me it's breathing. So <laughs> it's essential that you, it's essential you breathe, but after you breathe, you know, do something. To use Andre's language, I'm quite impact first um, yeah. on that, but um, turning it into a commercial machine is, is the, that's the challenge. That's the challenge. I think that's the challenge in so many cases, isn't it? I think so, um, so much of the time social enterprises and charities are set up by people who see the problem and who want to feel a sense of urgency to address that problem it's very much from a place of passion and driven by the cause um, and and that's not to say that you know how to do everything yeah. <laughs> like but for me it has been very much a case of just learning learning on the job I guess just kind of like learning each as each problem arises and I'm sure that's the case for a lot of other people um, yeah I mean definitely impact first but it is really important to quickly figure out how you're going to make that impact uh, financially viable for a long term well I, I also see kind of paradox here because those enterprises who have impact first usually are pretty small sme sized with not so much outreach whereas if you take tesco which in, in includes a little bit of impact, then the, the, in absolute terms, probably you, you uh, achieve more. So where do you put then your, uh, your money in, in making a, a, a mainstream company a little bit more impactful while 
the organization as such probably is working in a different direction or putting your uh, money in the basket of SMEs who have maybe a potential to grow, but for the time being, in absolute terms, their impact is yeah, probably limited to, to their neighbors and, and one block ahead and, and that's it. <laughs> well, I don't see why it would have to be one or the other because I mean, if, if it's a social, I think of a social enterprise traditionally as being something that's obviously impact driven but has a commercial offering of some sort. So it's providing some type of service, um, whether that's to businesses or to consumers or, or using whatever model. But if you're providing a useful service, then I don't see why you need to start off doing just service and not impact. So I don't know. I mean, like for me, when I was talking about the commercial advantages to businesses by taking part in food and eat, it's sort of like they are getting a lot of almost marketing value at the same time as directly impacting the local community. So kind of, it's almost like the way I say to restaurants is, well, you know, you can either put loads of money into discounts and promotions and adverts and all kinds of stuff, or you can just do good. And just by doing transparent good, you will see benefits to your business, but not in every case, obviously. But interestingly, you, you guys have described yourself as, as impact first, meaning that you put a hierarchy between, between both, or at least, at, at least you, you, you imply that mm. uh, a hierarchy has to be put between, uh, between, one, between one or the other. I, I, I think just to give you an, an example, I, I remember being on the board of a, of, a, of a social business who does chocolate, and uh, I, w I was asking the, the, the CEO, uh, you know, if you take an iPhone, for example, the gross margin on that must be, you know, 80, 85 percent. And I was asking them, you know, OK, can you can you find me a, an idea of a product that would do 85 percent gross margin? Because, you know, that would make your life very easy mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and aligned uh, with with your mission. But I, I mm -hmm. very rarely see that kind of discussion in social business of like, OK, let's find a service or a product that is massively profitable. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and let's put it at the core uh, or the center of, of, of what we of what we do. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, you're there. Right. I, th I don't yeah. think yeah, you always have to balance and, and you're, you're completely right. It's mostly out of balance in, in social enterprises. That's where we can improve, I think. Caroline, the contrast that you picked up, you said you weren't sure why it needed to be one or the other. When Andre was speaking, I interpreted that he meant if someone had to choose between spending their one pound, one euro, whatever, uh, between uh, the big Tesco's or uh, the small guys who make a little bit of impact. And their, their thought is they want to make as much impact as possible. Yeah. Then there's the dichotomy because I can't spend this one pound in two places. So I need to make a choice. Uh. And that's where the, um, the thing comes up. What single action can listeners implement to uh, make the biggest impact on the area of food usage or food wastage? I mean, I would say it's, it's about taking the time to, to, to kind of educate yourself and to research um, things. I do think that I, I totally take on board what everyone said. I do think that people are more aware now than before in terms of their power as consumers um, and are asking more questions from the businesses that they buy from. Um, but there's, there's, it's only scratching the absolute 
surface of it so I think it's just about asking more questions looking into where where you buy things from um so at the end of the day that's that's what's driving everything is people are still buying the things that are contributing <laughs> in a negative way um so yeah I think it's just just about taking a bit of time to sort of um look at look at where your carbon footprint is and where you're buying from and where um your your wastage is and and going from there really and speaking to other people that you know about it as well uh, I mean, yeah, I would completely echo that. I, I, I thought about it before the podcast and I was uh, thinking of uh, my mantra, which is uh, if you had to do one single thing, every time you buy food, just ask where it comes from. Um, yeah. And, and uh, today for, I would say, and don't quote me on that, on that data, but for 95, nine, more than 95% of the product, it's very hard to say where it comes from. So that, that lack of transparency and that lack of information is um, uh, you create a black box where basically everybody can do whatever they want. Uh, so make the black box a little bit less black by just mm -hmm. constantly asking or demand from your supermarket, from your shops, from your brand uh, to just inform you about where the product is coming from. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I also thought about it, what is palatable for just uh, our grandfathers or neighbors. And then I think food waste is a very easy thing to improve on. So in, in probably twofold, just buy what you really need. And secondly, uh, always ask for a doggy bag in a restaurant. Mm. That was yeah, that's a kind of actual theme in the, uh, in, the, in the Netherlands now, that uh, restaurants, uh, just as one example of where food is wasted a lot, uh, could, could reduce by just, just a very simple and low impactful manner as uh, having a, a dog bag standard uh, at your desk when you start uh, having a nice dinner. Yeah, that's a really good one. I like all of them. They're easy to implement, though, which makes it easier. Guys, good. thank you so much. That's, um, that's Thanks, Papa. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Listen, if you need to know, please do. And um, we'll catch up soon. In okay? the next episode, I'll be joined by Nicholas, Caroline, and Andre again to discuss whether sustainability is mainstreaming or not. I hope you'll join us. This has been an absolutely interesting and useful conversation for me so i really appreciate your time thanks man it's a, it's a pleasure honestly very interesting conversation so thank you, oh, okay. thank you. Bye, bye, bye. Take care. Bye. see you guys have a lovely bye, day bye. Bye. bye bye